Hello and welcome to episode 30 of the Fergo and Freak podcast. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRP. Joining me once again is League Freak, who you can find on Twitter at League Freak. How you doing today, mate? Happy birthday to you. <laughs> I'm doing good. Happy birthday, Andrew. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Uh, another day older. I've, I stopped counting years ago. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I, think I'm, I think I'm 27 again. I was going to say, what's it like to be 48? <laughs> I'll tell you in 21 years' time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, far out. I'm just, I'm glad I'm not as old as you, gee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For those that don't know, me and Andrew are like about, what is that, a month and a half, two months, something like that in difference in age. So, yeah. yeah. It's good. We can take the piss out of each other as we slowly die. <laughs> as we do. We'll die at the same rate. Mm. <laughs> um, today we're just going to do a bit of a, a wrap-up on a lot of the rumours, speculation and drama that's going on in, in rugby league at the moment. Um, so there's a fair bit to talk about. We'll start off with um, Tyrone Peachy wanting to leave the Titans after less than a year there and yeah. returning to the Panthers. Yeah, it's a it's a weird one. He he was reluctant. It's weird that he signed the contract with the Titans, and it was obviously for more money than the Panthers could offer him. And Phil Gould kind of convinced him to take it up because he could have reneged on that deal. And I mean, it's very quick for him to be wanting to leave. Um, he must really be unhappy there. I think his form's been better in the last few games that he's played, and I think he was played out of position early on. And we've I think we've talked about that a little bit. That he's the sort of player that you don't stick out in the centres or something, you to bring him off the bench and just say, look for the ball, do your do your peachy stuff. Um, I, I'm looking forward to having him back at the Panthers if he does come back to us. Hopefully it's not on a massive deal. But, yeah, it's it's kind of weird when you see a situation like that, that he's only just really starting that contract and he already wants to leave. What do you think about players doing things like that? Um, i I got no problem with him doing it. He's... Um... He's clearly frustrated, and he's been playing frustrated. Yeah. So I don't think the coaching style works for him. No. Um, or, you know, form would suggest that it doesn't work for any of the players up there. <laughs> uh, so I I think moving back to Sydney would be a good decision for him. Um, I, I, I wonder if the recent departure of um, Dallin Martini Zelezniak was done to open the door to allow Tyrone Peachy to come back. It kind of feels like it, doesn't it? It, it like, does because they've got Dylan Edwards there. Obviously, you can slot straight into fullback. Yeah. He's not he's not a DWZ level player, but he's good enough to play there. Yep. Um, problem I get though is that it means that Peachy comes into the side and will probably be playing at centre, where he wasn't playing that well at centre at at the Titans. So I don't know. It's, it's, the other thing is, too, like if you think of him coming back for the Panthers and playing off the bench, which is definitely his best role, if you know, because I don't know where you carry him. I guess you can name him in the centres and just say, look, go roving. But that does change the way that you've got your your team playing straight away. Um, if you if they're bringing back so that they say, look, we'll bring you off the bench, it's a lot of money for a bench player. But he is a damn good player. Like he He's is. one of those players off the bench that 
can honest to goodness change a game? Yeah, I think I think the Panthers are thinking long term with him. I think they see that Maloney's leaving at the end of the year. Yeah. And they need a five eight and they want they want Peachy. At the very no. least, he's a really good backup to have if you get to next year and they haven't got a youngster they think that can stand up. And I, look, I think they've got a couple of them that can. But if they're worried about it, you can you can chuck Peach in there, and he's that sort of player that if there's a hole in the, I mean, you could play him at a stretch at hooker, you could play him in the centres, you could play him, he could probably do a job for you at a stretch at fullback. Um, he's that sort of player. But uh, yeah, and look. You add him to the current lineup that the Panthers have, and he's an extra point of attack, and it's something that they really need right now. That's exactly right. Um, yeah, he wouldn't be a bad signing for them whatsoever. Mm. Um, so yeah, I I can see it, but making a lot of sense for him and for Penrith for him to go there. Yeah. Um, I don't know why the Titans would be letting him go. Like, yeah, who are they, that's who the are they thing. going to chase? I wonder if the Titans, because they're doing this big review, I wonder if the thing that's coming out of the review is that they're saying, look, we're paying too much for Ash Taylor, number one. We need to we need a few different players in our spine and maybe just Peachy. They've already come to the decision, look, he doesn't want to be here and he's probably not going to be part of our spine going forward and let's just let him go and, and have that money available. Yeah, look, I wouldn't be surprised. I think the club may even be seeing um, Brimson as a long-term spine member there. So, mm. and he's going to obviously be cheaper than Peachy is. So, yep. probably makes sense. They're probably trying to build a bit of a war chest too. So, if they do get rid of Brennan, the new coach, the new coach who comes in gets a essentially a skeleton squad for this year mm. and plenty of coin to work with if he wants to start recruiting new players. Because, um, yeah, and we've talked about this before, the Titans have some handy players. They've got some handy forwards. They've got, I mean, with Pete's and uh, Rain, is it? And the hooker yeah. role. They've got, I mean, that's a really great rotation for the hooker position. So they've got some handy players there. It's just, they haven't, their halves haven't been clicking. And, I mean, Peachy was, was poor at centre. And there's just things that haven't worked out for them. If they can, if as you say, if they do have a new coach that comes in, and he's got a little bit of money to spend. It wouldn't take much to turn them around really quickly. No, and that's I think that's the thing is that since Garth Brennan's been there, um, the Titans haven't looked like they've played with much direction. Mm-hmm. Like there's no real strategy about the way they play or a style that they play. They're not bad players. It's just they look like they need a lot more guidance as to how they're going to plan the way they play and what sort of style they're going to play in and how they're going to deal with each different opponent. It just looks to be lots of lots of hit-ups and a bomb on the last. Yeah, and I, I tweeted about this to somebody during the week that they said, talk about, on, on the podcast, they, that's now that I think about it, they said, talk about what's wrong with the Titans. And I said, they just look like a club that lacks direction overall. They it, they haven't got a plan where it's like, this is the plan, this is what we think is going to work, and we're going for it. They seem to be a club that is like, oh, he's available. Oh, yeah, let's chuck him in, see how it goes. And there's no overall plan. And I think 
the one time they did have something going for them, they thought, look, Ash Taylor is the one we're going to build the club around. That hasn't worked. There's something going on with Ash Taylor. I don't know what, what it is, but he's got to leave from the club at the moment, and hopefully that all turns out. But it, this might be a chance for them to get a little bit of a reset on things and maybe formulate an actual plan. So I, I, I think that you can look at Peachy and say, why are they letting him go? Because he is a handy player when he's played the right way, but um, this might also be a chance for the Titans to maybe get things together and and put together a plan to to go forward. So maybe it's not the worst thing in the world for them. No, that's right. Um, Speaking of other coaches who might be under a bit of pressure, Dean Pay Mm. is uh, another loss for the Bulldogs on the weekend. Not surprising. A bad one too. There's talk straight away, yeah, that... uh, that pay could be on the outer. Now we've discussed this already. The Bulldogs have got, admittedly they don't have a good side and it's because of what past management has done there. That's Mm. why they don't have much of a team. Their salary caps are complete debacle. It's starting to get itself tidied up now after what, two years. Mm -hmm. Um, It's still not a hundred percent, but as every year passes, it gets better and better until they've got all those back ended contracts and whatnot else cleaned up. Yeah. So they're not far away from having the thing completely fixed, obviously. But it's because of those limitations that he's got the squad he has. Yeah. Um, they've made a bloody good pickup in Dalamateni Zalesniak, which has surprised everyone. Um, Shock, yeah, shockingly. It, he was locked in for the West Tigers. I don't know, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but I, I guess sticking with the Bulldogs, like he... He comes into the side, and the qu- difference in quality between him and the rest of the outside backs even is massive at the Bulldogs. Um, a, a great signing. Now they don't have to worry about the fullback position going forward. Um, and it just shows what Pay is having to work with this year. There's just not much that he can draw upon in terms of talent at the club. And I think you've got to give him time to put together a squad himself. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the the thing that surprised me is the fact that he had Nick Meaney at the club, who has actually come along pretty bloody well this year at fullback. Mm. And what they do with him, because obviously DWZ is a better fullback, yeah. but Meaney is by no means playing badly or deserves to be dropped either. So... It's it's an interesting dynamic that he's got there, and I suppose a, a good problem to have is when you've got two two good players in good form, you know, which which one do you you start with, and where do you, what do you do with the other one? So yeah, that's oh, that's, he... that's pretty good, especially good too. Is that um, DWZ is good at kick returns, obviously, which is helpful because of, the bull, Bulldogs do have some some good forwards there, so that will help them with a bit of momentum and, and moving forward, which is something that they have struggled with from time to time. Yeah, and I, I wonder how much of um, Watini Zelezniak's contract the Panthers will be playing uh, paying if... I mean, I would guess, because he was on good money at the Panthers, I can't imagine that the Bulldogs picking up the entire tab. I'm guessing that the Panthers are definitely paying part of his contract. And if that's the case, he straight away becomes really valuable in terms of how, like, how much you get out of him versus how much he costs against the cap. Um and yeah, it's. It, I mean, he's only young. He's really, really young. Um, 
we've seen what he can do against the world's best players in, in that test last year where he was absolutely fantastic. Just an incredible buy going forward for the club. And I just hope that, and it's really easy to look at this Bulldogs team and say, look, what's Pay doing? He's trying this player, he's trying that player. The, the lineup isn't settled. If I was Dean Pay and this season was never going to turn into anything amazing, even from the get-go, I would want to see how everyone plays and I would I would be shuffling players in, seeing how they go, shuffling them out, maybe bringing players into first grade that you don't know if, they've, if they're ever going to be a good first grader, but give them a go and see what they've got and really find out what your club has from top to bottom. Um, I, I really do. I think Bulldogs fans just need to... This this season was a write-off at the beginning of last year, you know. So I think give Dean Pay time to work out what's going on at the club. It's not like they're not making moves. So it's not like they're treading water. They're trying to improve this squad, and you can see that now. And I think that they've, you've just got to give Pay. Unlike a lot of other coaches and a lot of other clubs, you have to really give this team and the club time because they're... They're fixing up a bloody terrible mess. Yeah, they <laughs> they essentially had someone walk in, drop a hand grenade in their salary cap, and then walk away. Yep. And they're left with with a broom to clean it up with. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this year was always going to be a, a very tough one for the dogs. I must admit, I at the start of the year, I thought they would do a little bit better because I thought mm. four and back being fully fit. Mm-hmm. Um, was going to make a bit of a difference, but he's had a few weeks out already with the injury. Um, I suppose that's another question. Do they hang on to four and going forward, um, given the money he's on? I'd probably suggest that they, they drop him and get someone younger and cheaper. But, yeah. you know, there's not, it's not like there's a plethora of sevens getting around out there that you can go and draw upon. Um, yeah. I wonder if... Well, there's other players. <laughs> we, let's not let's not just destroy the entire podcast by just focusing on the Bulldogs. There's there's other players out there that I think that probably are available that the Bulldogs should target, but we'll get to them. Yeah. Um, well, we know of we know of two that aren't available. That's Mitch Moses and Clint Gutherson. <laughs> uh, Mitch Moses during the week signed a. Um, $2.5 million deal over three years to stay at Para. Um, on behalf of everyone who doesn't support Parramatta, thanks, Para. <laughs> oh, why? Anyway. Uh, I don't get it. He. Uh, Neither does he, Peter Sterling. Yeah. You know, Sterling knows a little bit about footy. He. Uh, I saw a lot of people trying to justify this contract during the week, and it ranged from... It ranged from that they haven't had stability at halfback going back to Peter Sterling, and this is something you and me talked about outside of podcasts. Mm. Um, and you come up with the statistic that the last halfback that played 100 games at halfback for the Paramatic Eels was Peter Sterling, which is just disgraceful. Yeah. Um, and so in that sense, I guess you could say, look, they're trying something different. And this is something that Ben Darwin actually tweeted to me about, that they've tried other ways. Maybe they should try this. And I, I do see that point. I think fair enough if you're looking at that. 
but I don't look at Mitchell Moses and see a guy that I would want to commit to. I think he's inconsistent. I think that he's over his career, he's only ever been the halfback in a winning side once over his whole career. Uh, I think that he's being paid way too much money. I would like to know what the offers were for him. And if they were anywhere near that much, I'm, if I'm Parramatta, I let him go. I just think it's a terrible signing. I really do. What do you think? Uh, I'll be generous. He should not be paid any more than four hundred grand a year. No, yeah. I don't see why players are getting. Hang on a sec. Yep. No worries. I'll take over. Um, it no, it's found... all good. It, it's okay. all good. Okay. I thought my little one was crying, but she's cheering and yelling at the TV. All right. <laughs> takes, takes after a dad. Um, <laughs> no, look, I, I don't think the players who have never played any rep for what rep football whatsoever should be getting contracts of 800 grand plus a year. I don't see what they've done to deserve that at that mm-hmm. stage. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's like the housing market, isn't it? Supply and demand. So, um, but here's the deal. I remember, I remember what's the saying, demand? Where's the demand coming from? Well, that's the thing. As, as I said before, a, a player is worth what a club is willing to pay him, and that's that's the that's the situation. Um, yeah, if I was running a club, I wouldn't be offering Mitch Moses any more than four hundred grand a year. Yeah, I'm the same. I'd say, you know, go prove to me why you need to earn more every week. Yeah, and and as we talked about with Gutherson, you make an offer, and you say, look, if you can get better than that elsewhere, go get it. Congratulations, yeah. you know, and and. I don't see, I mean, who are the other clubs that were going to be offering him anywhere near that? I can't think of too many that would. There was the the supposed rumour that the the Broncos wanted him. I'd look at what the Broncos have done in in recent weeks, and I do not see that at all. I don't um, think there was ever an offer from the Broncos. No, I agree. And I don't see why you pay him that much. You know, I it's just crazy to me. It's absolute madness. And now they're locked in with the coach, the halfback, and the fullback. Who's a 5'8". Yeah, who's a 5'8". Who's, I mean, I don't think he's first grader. But, and they're losing. Like, why are you locking in this losing spine? I don't get it. It's got me beat. Yeah. And that's um, what they've got for the next three years. It makes no sense. Yep. And uh, speaking of Brad Arthur, after he made those signings, uh, they then went and lost to Cronulla. Mm. Um, and, man, the Sharks just outplayed him in every way possible. Yeah, it was um, – and look, it showed why – and it was weird watching that game and there was rumours going into that game for the 24 hours leading up to it that this contract was coming up for Moses. And then you watch that game and all I could think of was like, that game shows you why you don't pay Mitchell Moses that much money. And then they confirmed that they had after the game. Um, and then, look, the post-match press, I saw Arthur call his side dumb. Mm-hmm. And he asked whether they wanted to be full-time players or part-time players. This is within the 24-hour period where they're going, let's upgrade Mitch Moses to 830 or grand a year. And he's oh. making comments like that, and you just think... I hadn't what? heard that quote. I'm rubbing my forehead. Why rush to make that signing 
Yeah. Why not just do it at the end of the year after you've done a full proper review of the year and go, you know what? Let's have a look now. Yeah. It's, it's not like they're short on halves there. They've already brought through two young halves there this year. You know, Dylan Brown and is it Jamin Sammons? That's unbelievable you know. that he'd say that. And then then they announced that they've signed one of these fucking players. Unbelievable. Yeah. There's again it just it's not like they're in a situation where they had zero halves to you know in the club. They've they've mm. tried two young blokes there. And mm. I would put I'd be I'd actually prefer if they put someone like Jamin Sammons or, mm. or Dylan Brown in the in the halves at halfback mm. and then have um Gutherson at five eighth where he should be and then get a proper fullback at the club. Yeah. To me that's that's a more dynamic team. And you you wouldn't have to spend that eight hundred grand a year on Moses. You'd spend that money on a fullback. If Bevan yeah. French is unavailable. I mean And what's know, happened with Bevan French? Like didn't I I think that he got a little bit of an injury and then they dropped him and like I've just haven't heard from him since. Yeah, I'm not too sure what's going on there. Um yeah. he, he's definitely good enough for the NRL. One hundred percent. God, and his got... try scoring record was crazy. Yeah, um, they need to be finding a way to get him in the side. Absolutely, mm. but yeah. It just seems to me that they've that Moses was the sign they didn't need to make. He was the one guy they could have let go out of out of there. They had two young halves there ready to go, and they're they're going to be requiring game time next year, like regularly. And you can't mm. carry a halfback on the on the bench. No. So it sort of throws up an, a problem that shouldn't be there. And as as you've said before, and it like you tell me your theory about Moses into Gutherson and signing these players and how it ruins their their lineup. Well, yeah, I mean, for me, the problem they've got okay is Moses likes to be the superior half. He likes to have the the loud voice and gets to control there. That's perfectly fine. A lot of halfbacks are like that, but it means that. A genuine five eighth in Gutherson has to play at fullback because he's got a strong voice as well, and you can't put him there. Otherwise, they clash the same way Moses and Norman did last year, which mm-hmm. saw Parrick at the spoon. So it means you're now impacting on your five eighth and your fullback role because you've got two players out of position, all to accommodate one person at halfback who's probably not good enough to be there anyway. Because Moses for me, has more of a playing style of someone who probably should be a 5 eighth. Because mm. when when his running game is on and he's actually running with the ball, he's one of the best 5 eighths in the comp. He just doesn't do it often enough. Like yeah. that game he played against the Tigers when they racked up 50 points, that was one of the best 5 eighth performances we've seen this year from anyone. Yep, yep. That's where he should be. And so I look at it and think Parramatta have got They've ruined three positions just to justify one player. Yeah, and and, all, and two of two of them have got players out of position, and that just to me that just makes no sense. And I, I agree with you one hundred percent. Moses actually does worry me when he is able to play what's in front of him. He doesn't have to worry about you know getting everywhere everyone sorted out and and guiding the attack around the field. I want him thinking run when he gets the ball mm. and when he's playing halfback he very rarely does that and i you know for how much they're paying him and i don't think he has the skill set of that number one dominant playmaker and i'm trying to think of the number of playmakers in all of the nrl that you could say 
have that ability. And I'm thinking you could probably say a Kronk. Um, it, it's, it's like the Andrew John scenario it, where he's your main playmaker and you don't really need someone alongside of him because he's so good. Mitchell Moses isn't that player, you know, no. and that they're changing their entire lineup to make him that player. I think they're trying to fit a square peg in a round hole. Um, but having said that, even if you moved him, if you got, say you got a good halfback in there that was cheap and you moved Moses to 5'8", he's not worth that money still. Like he's not an $850,000 5'8". But yeah, it kind of, it, it does ruin a few positions. And the weird thing is that Parramatta is now absolutely 100% committed to that sort of lineup and that sort of um, setup at the club for the next three years. It has to work for them because if it doesn't, it is a multi-million dollar disaster. Yeah, it's it's a huge investment on something that's produced very little so far. Mm. Um, and this is the thing, they've, they've got a, a very good forward pack as well. You know, mm-hmm. they're all a bunch of guys who are getting close to that peak time of their careers of their late 20s, um, early 30s. Um, they're they're a very strong forward pack, and they're a very good, good mobile forward pack too for their size. So it's not their forwards they need to be worried about. It's They need to have the players to, to feed off it. And at the moment, the only genuine um, attacking weapon they have in their back seven is... Ferguson. Yeah. Oh, and you know, the other one... Oh, sorry, and Jennings as well. Yeah. I, I and I was going to mention. Yeah, I, I was going to say Jennings. And look, I don't think Jennings is getting anywhere near enough ball at all. And that, no. that comes down to the halves, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but him and... They're the only real ones that would worry me when they get the ball. Um, I think that they're forwards. I think if you made a couple of changes, like if they could just get a... I just I I look at someone like Apollo and I can see why you like him in the side, but I also think you could get some addition by subtraction with him in terms of if you could just get a solid forward that just chews out the meters, I think that that might be better than having Paulo in the side. Um because oh, they so do kind ha- kind of like the bloke they just got rid of. <laughs> well, he he was offered a massive deal at another club, I've heard, but uh, but yeah, it's they they don't need too many changes to that that forward pack, and if they make a few just smart changes, and that's the problem, I don't think they're going to make smart changes. I think they're just going to re-sign everyone and hope for a different result, and that's the problem. That's yeah. the problem at Parramatta. Yeah, so uh, I suppose to follow through what I was saying there, uh, Tim Manor is um, expected to leave Parramatta almost effective immediately and join the West Tigers. Um, from what we understand so far, it's just for the end of this year. Uh, so I, I find the decision baffling. I know I've been on Twitter and sort of looking all heartbroken stuff about it. I've I've had some time to think about it, and I dare say the Tigers have got him... Um, very much on the cheap. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Parramatta's paying paying for him to be at the Tigers this year, and the Tigers aren't paying much for him at all. So if that's the case, then fair enough. He's he'll be a good bench forward. That's pretty much all he is these days. Um, and he does make good meters off the bench, which is what Parramatta needs. It's also what the Tigers need too, obviously. 
Um, the problem I find with that is I see him as being one of those players like at Parramatta who's pretty much the heart and soul of the club. Like All mm. the players play for him and they, they love being around and they love having him there. He's part of the furniture. Yeah, you've always got a few players like that. They may not be out-and-out superstars who've got you know 30 tests to their name and stuff like that, but they've just got that personality and that likability just makes them the sort of the player that holds the playing group together. Mm. And I wonder if Parramatta ditching him in this manner um, is going to be manner. detrimental. I like that, by the way. I, I did do a pause there just just for effect. Um, <laughs> I, I wonder if that's going to have a negative impact on the club more than a positive one. Yeah, and, and it, this is the weird dynamic of it, right? I feel as though he's the sort of player that would have wanted to have retired as a paramedic eel for his Definitely. entire career. Former club captain, um, has been there through times when he probably wasn't playing very well at all and they stuck with him still. So he means something to the club, and I think the club honestly means something to him. And there's not many players I'd say that about in the NRL. Um, and the fact that if you look at it as this is his last season in the NRL or or he's very close to it, I don't see him saying, all right, in the last three months I'm going to play for the West Tigers and not be a one-club man. So I feel as though he must have got a guarantee from the West Tigers that he's going to get a contract for next season and that maybe Parramatta said, look, we're not going to give you a contract next year. Maybe take that deal. Um, I can't imagine he's been on massive money at the Eels that they've, you know, freed up space for the rest of the year. I'd be shocked if that was the case. Well, he may have been on, on decent coin, but because he'd been there so long, they would have been getting a... Don't they have, like, loyalty payments or, or subsidies in the salary cap for loyal mm. players who have been there for a long time? So yeah. that would have made him a bit cheaper at the club. Yeah. So, uh, and, uh, like, I, it's just a weird dynamic. Like, and if the Parramatta Eels are looking to move him, like, he's the sort of player that is going to be good for any club just because he's a good person. And he's going to show your younger players what they need to be doing and, and handling themselves just as a person. And if the Parramatta Eels don't think they need that, that really worries me. I can see where the West Tigers would say, look, we've got some younger players here. It'd be good to have Tim Manor around the club just to show them, just to show the young players, like this is how you handle yourself as a person. Um, it's a really weird move for a lot of reasons. Uh, and I, I don't understand it for the Tigers in a lot of ways. I don't understand it for Tim Manor if he's going to retire at the end of the year. I don't understand it for the Eels if they're just moving him on for the rest of the year. It's a, it's a strange move for me. I don't, I don't get it. Well, for the Tigers, I think the more I think about it, it's, it, it makes a little bit of sense more so than anything else because they are in the process of um, moving on some of their forwards, mm-hmm. notably Ben Maddalino and, and Russell Packer. Yeah. Um, I mean, Packer's been reserve grade for a fair bit of this year. Mm-hmm. And Madalino is... Well, he came to the club because he wanted to play under Ivan Cleary. Mm-hmm. So there has been some suggestion that he may be on a move to, to Penrith. Yeah. Um, which is exactly what Penrith's after. Yeah. But uh, saying that, there's also been a bit of discontent, apparently, amongst some of the uh, West Tigers playing squad they're not happy with the idea that that um, 
Coach Michael Maguire is looking to a player clean-out of the roster there. Mm. Um, and let me say, good. Good. Yeah. I'm, I'm not opposed to it. I mean, for, the first one to come up was there was there was rumours just before Origin 1 that Moses and Bob was going to be was going to be relegated to the bench mm-hmm. because of, um, you know, inconsistent form. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he got picked for Origin, and then all these rumours come up. Oh, is he going to stay at the club and all this other talk despite being made captain at the start of the year? Yeah. And Bob's come out and said he's staying at the club. He's got no intentions of leaving. Ultimately, that they, that decision doesn't always come down to exactly to what he wants. Yeah. Because there's talk that there's... There's a number of players that um, Maguire is thinking of moving on. Um, Chris McQueen's another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was another one. I've forgotten his name now. Well, like I'm looking at their lineup right now, and when you consider how they're playing this year, and that their best player has been Robbie Farah, you know, who's who's he's 35. You know, and he could go around again next year. And I hope that they say to him, "Look, we kind of need you." And we've talked a little bit about that as well. But um, they could get rid of Packer. They could get rid of Josh Reynolds. They could get rid of Elijah Taylor. I I could see them getting rid of Corey Thompson. Like, there's very few players in this squad. Uh, I think they'll they'll hang on to Corey Thompson. I mean, he's he's not expensive. He's Mm. very versatile um, in that back line. And he has been playing reasonably well. Yeah. but yeah, there's there's a few players there. I mean, one, their one issue is going to be who they have for hooker because Farah, from what I gather, is open to one more season if the club wants him to. But he has announced that his intention is that this season will be his last. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he's staying on us to help the club out, and his form is showing that he is capable of doing one more year if need be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they've got. Essentially, they've got two big signings to make with very little cap space to work with, and that's going to be Hooker and 5'8". Mm. Um, and that's a problem moving forward. So that's why they're looking at offloading several forwards, um, and they will be looking for a few budget budget forwards as well, which is why I dare say they, they took on Manor, because they're going to need as much cap space as they can if they're going to fill someone in, in the halves and someone at, at Hooker. That's... So- well, let me ask you as a as a Tigers fan, right? You've over the last couple of years, the club has it's almost been through a rebuilding period over the last few years, and it feels like the Tigers are always rebuilding. It's kind of weird. But are you happy to have a Bulldogs type season next year if it means the club has a big clear out and it sets itself up for the future? If if that actually happened, then yeah. then yes. The problem is, Tigers fans have been told that you know we've got to have a clean out to set ourselves up for you know success. Um, almost every second year since they won the premiership, mm. and we've only had two finals appearances in that time since then. Mm. Um, every coach that's come to the club, and we've had you know thirty nine of them in the last six years, <laughs> I've all come with these grand plans of doing a clean out and fix everything up. Ivan Cleary did the first genuine clean-out where he changed a lot of the roster. Mm-hmm. Um, in, that, in that, sorry, that, that year there last year, they they were a lot better. They, they showed a lot more um, 
commitment in defence, especially compared to past Tigers teams. Yeah. <clears throat> but um, you look at the squad and you say there's there's a lot of work that needs to be done to it. Mm. Um, hang on a sec. Yeah, you're all right. I, I look. I look at the squad, and I see, I see players that are going to be solid first graders. But what they need is to bring in or or develop some t- those extra touches of class. And it just seems like they're one of those teams. And and taking Robbie Farrow and say Benji Marshall out of it because I think it's unfair to talk about those two. Um, it looks like the sort of club that is just so solid first graders. There, there's solid first graders there and some a few players that are maybe fringe first graders, but that extra touch of class that every single club needs just isn't there. And like I, that's the, the terrible thing about them not getting DWZ from Penrith was that he was going to be an extra touch of class that they could have added to this lineup. And it would have been a start down that road. And I was I was kind of gutted that they didn't get him because he's exactly the sort of player they needed. He was precisely what they needed. And you could have it could have meant moving and by to five eight. Mm-hmm. Which meant you've just solved one big issue and that was replacing Benji Marshall. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a long term replacement. Because obviously I think Reynolds is still there next year, but that's when his contract ends. So and by their souls, a big problem. Um, so that was going to be big for the club. Yeah. Um, you just look at and there's a few players there who they can look at and go, okay, we need to move on some guys, especially if we want to get some free up some cash to get in some a playmaker or two. Um, and some of them are going to be in the backs. Um, this is by no means a criticism of them, but just players they should look at moving on to try and mold the team. So Michael Cheekham. Mahe Fanua. Um, I'd probably almost argue Jacob Little, although he is young. Mm-hmm. He has been a bit injury prone. Um, so I'm not the verdict's still out on him. Um, Chris McQueen, Ben Madalino, um, David Nofaluma, Russell Packer, Josh Reynolds, Elijah Taylor. Um, I'd say those guys are all being looked at. This is just my opinion. There's no rumours on all of those. Just my opinion. But I just had to be looking at all those guys saying, right, we need to decide whether we want to hang on to you guys or whether we move you on and try and find um, better players to replace you with. Mm-hmm. What's available and what they can get straight away is, is a tough ask, don't know. Um, but, yeah, I'd say all those guys. And that, that's a fair chunk of their current 17-man squad that plays yeah. every week. Yeah, yeah. And that's... That's the kind of situation they're in. Um, some of them are young, so you can probably give them a bit of time and hang around and stick with them a bit longer. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they've got to make the decision. Do we do we stick with them and hope that they get better? How long do you ride on the whole potential tag for? And, and that's the question. That's the million-dollar question, isn't it? Yeah, it is because... Tigers players tend to get that potential tag um, for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it shouldn't last any more than two seasons. You know, this could be a potentially great player. Okay, once they hit 23, we should know whether they've got the potential or not. Yeah. So, yeah, the verdict's out on a lot of players there. They've they've either got to pick up their form for the rest of the year and prove that they deserve to be there, mm-hmm. or I wouldn't be surprised if they get a tap on the shoulder. 
And I would say this is a, a positive for the Tigers. They probably don't... Ter- they've got a pretty good um, junior development system that produces at least solid first grade. Players that can play first grade and and they produce them pretty regularly. They probably don't produce the same... I would say that Penrith produces players that are at a higher level more regularly, but we're talking about the biggest junior rugby league base in the world, so they should. Um, but they can. the West Tigers can rely on their junior base to produce first-grade talent that's going to be cheap. And so they know that they're not ever going to be without first-graders. They just need to make sure that they don't commit too much in terms of what Parramatta's done. They commit to the wrong players that aren't developing and kicking on, and they've done that a little bit in the past. And... Um, if they could just get some of those extra players that can produce a, a little bit more, they're in a pretty good position. But it's about getting those players to the club. And the West Tigers have been really bad at that, at really bad at bringing in um, talent from outside the club that is actually good. I think they've paid overs too many times to players that just haven't been able to get the job done. Or, I mean, yeah. someone like, like <clears throat> the classic one was Adam Blair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ! <laughs> what is, is that on my birthday for? Um, I'm sorry. Look, um, <laughs> if we're honest, the one well, actually they've had two really, really good signings that they've made where they didn't spend stupid money for, and it was Gareth Ellis and Ryan Madison. Mm-hmm. Um, those two have been absolute standouts and worth every penny we paid them, and we didn't pay we didn't pay either of them stupid money either. Yeah. Um, they were just really good pickups. But um, yeah, speaking of player movements, as we do, there's a talk of a uh, a potential switch between the Broncos and South. With after um, James Roberts left the Broncos on compassionate grounds to sign a immediate deal with South Sydney, mm-hmm. there's a rumor that Dane Gagai is a bit upset about it because it means he may have to move to the wing, which he doesn't want to do. He likes being a centre. Yeah. and that he may look at going to the Broncos to replace Roberts up there. Um, it's only a rumour I've seen online, so I don't know how much there is to it, but would would the Broncos take Gagai? And that's what I was just thinking. Do they? I don't think they have a place for him. Like, I, think I mean, they've brought through a couple of good young good young backs in the last few years. Yeah. The only thing I can see real why they do it is because they're going to tell Darius Boyd to retire because he should and go yeah. go at fullback. Yeah, and like, what do you reckon? I don't. I wouldn't want him as my fullback unless they get him for unless they go the rest of the year and they're like, look, we can have you here for the rest of the season, but after that, we're not real sure. But I mean, that's a big move for for Gagai to do that move just for the rest of the year. Um, I I I don't see why the Broncos would want him. To be honest with you, yeah. Um, the thing is though, Darius Boyd. Well, he he did come out with a quote earlier saying that he was trying to harbour his problem. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone who's seen his missed tackles this year would say, "Hmm, no." <laughs> um, the the one where he tried too hard against Tyron Roberts on the weekend. Was 
He just looked like he was about to make a tackle and then he fell asleep because it was his two o'clock nap time. Yeah. And he just fell forward and you went, mate, what's... I I know you made a tweet and pretty much was saying that the the mind was willing but the body wasn't. Yeah, yeah. It really looked like that to me. And it sucks because Darius Boyd's been a really bloody good player for a long time. And all of a sudden you, you get to the point where, look, at, I, and we've said this before, he's... He looked like he was finished last year, and now we're seeing a, a player that knows where he needs to be, knows what he's got to do, and he presses that go button, and he just his body collapsed to the ground, and that to me seems like that should be it for him. Um, because when when Roberts made that break, and in real time I was like, oh, he's put an amazing move on, he's left the fullback standing, and then you watch the replay, and it's like, oh no, he kind of just ran past and. Darius just collapsed to the ground. His body couldn't do the job anymore. Um, and look, I guess at that point, anybody's going to be better at fullback than what Darius can provide you. But I, I, I would hope that the Broncos aren't going to commit to Gagai because I just think that they, they don't need to. I, 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 I can understand why he wants to play centre. I think that Maybe there are other options. I wonder if he could maybe head to the the Titans. But then again, if I was looking at from the Titans' perspective, I don't think he's the sort of player they should be committing to going forward. Well, so I don't I, know what he does. This thing, I think Gagai is a better centre option for the Titans than Peachy. So definitely, definitely, they could they could probably get him for that role and plug one spot there, and it, the the cost would probably be similar. So it wouldn't take a hit to the salary cap. Um, but on Darius Boyd, I think he's playing heartbroken, mate. Yeah. It's got I to think... be difficult. It's got to be so difficult to to be an elite player. I mean, Australia every year, Queensland every year, and you get to a point where you, you know, he know, he's got the football brain to know where he's got to be and why, and, and you press that button and you, I mean, he literally just, his body collapsed underneath him and that's got to be heartbreaking. Yeah, I think it might be more more with the uh, the coach thing. I think I think he found out last year, early on, around the same time these forms started to dip, mm-hmm. that he knew Wayne Bennett was leaving. Mm-hmm. And I think since then till now, he's just been living with that misery inside him. <laughs> that's just that's just my opinion, but I think there's there's probably a correlation between the two. Um, and that's not that's not having a go at him. Some players who have had a bit of a, you know may have had a troubled upbringing stuff like that. I don't know about Darius Boyd's upbringing, um, but you know he may have not had much of a father figure around or something like that. And that's the sort of person that Wayne is. He does he does do that for some players. We've heard it time and time again. And maybe he's missing that that person in his life. Well, I mean, and that makes me think about players that for whatever reason they just play really well under a coach and it's not even I don't even think it's always to do with how that coach coaches a team maybe it's just a working relationship that works well and the one that stands out for me is Preston Campbell who under for whatever reason under John Lang unbelievable like won a premiership for the Panthers just was fantastic under John Lang for whatever reason Um, another one Brett Kamali under Chris Anderson and that was a little bit to do with how the team's played, but yeah. his best football was under Chris Anderson. There's well, some players just work really well with the coach, and they're they may be happy with the style. 
maybe the coach gets them as a person and as a player. And, I mean, I'm trying to think of any other players that have been like that. Can you think of anyone else that just, for whatever yeah. reason, who? DCE and Hasler. Yes, yes, that's a real good one. Um, never gets talking about, but uh, yeah, you look at you look at Cherry Evans' best season. So with Hasler as coach, mm-hmm. that, and like big difference, a massive, massive difference. Yeah, that's a really good one because that squad is very had very little changes that family squad this year, mm-hmm. and last year they struggled. This year they look, you know, a million times better, and a lot of it is just because I think Hasler's back coaching DC and DC's performances are now. Like he was, he played great games last year, but they're they're more frequent this year. Yeah, and his worst games are still damn bloody good. Whereas last year he sort of had a bit more fluctuation between good and bad. Yeah, and look, I put a lot of that down to just not having seats to sit on under Trent Barrett. So probably helps. That's yeah, I think that, probably, that's a big thing. He's, he's probably in a good mental space because he's got his pot plant and his Bunnings chair back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, how do you do that to your coaching career, honestly? Uh, I don't know. Dickens. That was such a dumb thing. Um, so two more. Well, another club that's got a few potential rumours going on is uh, the Roosters. Mm-hmm. And there was a rumour that Latrell Mitchell was to leave, which I think um, Trent Robertson's called absolute crap, mm-hmm. which I, I dare say is pretty much spot on. The other yeah. one was there's talk that um, Sharks rookie half Kyle Flanagan could be going to the Roosters to replace uh, Cooper Cronk when he retires. Now, yeah, he'd be a great signing. He would be phenomenal because you get – I mean, let's also realise too that he's close to an 80% goal kicker. Mm-hmm. And when Latrell's out playing Origin and test matches and stuff, which is going to be happening every year between now and 2050, <laughs> <laughs> um, he's going to be – He's a bloody top goal kicker to have as, as your backup. Yeah. Um, and he's already shown, too, while well, Sean Johnson's out, that he he is NRL ready. He needs to be in an NRL side. Um, to I wouldn't, the point bring, that been, I, I wouldn't well, bring Johnson back. I was going to say, like, that's the thing, is that he's got to the point where the Cronulla's going so well and he's playing so well that no one remembers the fact that Sean Johnson's actually on the Sharks roster. Mm-hmm. They just think, oh, they're pretty close to get to being full strength now. Going, yeah, you forgot Sean Johnson's still there. And like, how do you deal with that dynamic? Because Townsend is playing pretty damn good footy as well. He's controlling the team better than ever. Mm-hmm. Um, so you you can't drop him. You just can't. I mean, he's in the origin discussion for Christ's sake. You can't drop a player who's in that sort of form. No. So. No. The only player that hasn't been in that form is Sean Johnson. So the the talk then comes, does Sean Johnson go to another club? And yeah, would he and, go? And would he go to the Roosters? And that's that. I tell you what, what a rough, what a rough. I mean, what is it? Eight months that Sean Johnson's had, where the Warriors were his club, and then the Warriors say, "Listen, we don't want you anymore." And so he finds a place at the Sharks. He gets injured a couple of times. And then he would have to move again. And look, that's what the money's for, to make you feel better at the end of the day. And Sean Johnson is fine. And I'm sure Sean Johnson would be the first player. He seems like a nice enough bloke, Sean Johnson. Um, I think he'd be the first person to say, don't worry about me, I'm all right. But rough for his footy career if he had to move on 
that many times. I think Sean Johnson would be a great sign for any club. But going back to Flanagan, if I was the Sharks, I would want to lock him down. But here's, here's the little twist in it. The Sharks self-reported to the NRL about what Shane Flanagan, his dad, was doing as the coach, and his dad has now got a life ban from coaching in the NRL. Does that play into what he does as a player? And look, if it was me, you betcha it would. I would be out of there as soon as possible. But at the same time, I feel like he's a Sharks, he's a Sharks junior, he's a Sharks youngster, he's a... He's a shark through and through, and you would want him to sign with the Sharks long-term because he really is out of the box. He's been a first grader. He's been fantastic. But does that factor into it? I don't know. See, watching him play on the weekend, he was so, so excited and so happy about every good thing he was doing on the field. Yeah, yeah. Um, he looks like he, he loves being in that playing squad, and the mm-hmm. players look like they really get on well with him. Mm-hmm. Um. So I think I think the thing that's been great for his career has been John Morris becoming head coach there because he's yeah. been willing to give these young guys a crack and not just not just one game here and there just say oh you get one week this week and we might bring you back in ten weeks time or something so I'm going to give you a run and if you do good you'll stay in the side mm-hmm. you've got to keep proving it to me that you deserve to be there and look at the young guys he's brought through this year none of them have been flops they've all come through and they've been playing bloody brilliantly yeah. It's been the great thing. This, this, this team has gone from having a bunch of old blokes who get the job done every week and grinding out the same old sort of boring but consistent wins to now playing with a bit of enterprise and a bit of, you know, they're kind of exciting to watch now. They're racking up 40 points every now and then and they're throwing the ball around. You've got a few good uh, good forwards. Like one person who doesn't get any mention is... Um, Braden Hamlin Ueli. I mean, that kid is just a ball of power. He's he's the next Fafita coming through in that side. Yeah. Um and you know, um Nakora as well has been phenomenal from the outset. It's so many great young players are coming through that side right now. And I think Flanagan's one of the, the key ones there. And I dare say he's played with a lot of those guys, and they're probably his mates. So I think he'll stay there because of that. Um, I tend to lean towards that as well. Hey, it's just, it's interesting. And that's the thing. I think that, look, he's going to be in demand from a lot of clubs. I I just think he'll re-sign with the Sharks. I think that somebody, and it might be his dad, that'll say to him, look, you're on a good thing. You don't change it when you're on a good thing. Um, Look, it's not this contract that'll make you a millionaire. It's the next one. And stay where it's working for now. And I'd say to him, if you need any example for why it's sometimes the grass isn't greener, just ask Sean Johnson. Yeah, I think I think it would be a smart move for the Sharks, the Roosters, and Johnson if he was to go to the Roosters. There's no link between the two at this stage, mm-hmm. but um, I think Sean Johnson next to Kiri around that in that environment around that team. Mm. You you'll get to see Sean Johnson playing in the sort of form that we probably haven't seen seen from him before. Yeah, in that dynamic there. Um, yeah. I think that would be brilliant for him. Um, plus, you know, there's quite a few Kiwis who live in Bondi. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like yeah. a second home. Exactly. So I I agree with you. Um, it'd be a good move for him. I'm trying to think of anywhere else that would be. You know, he might he might be all right up at the Cowboys. 
Um, Sean Johnson, I mean, if he went up there. Because what, about, be... what about the Titans? Nah, say I wouldn't want him at the Titans. For, and for the simple fact that I don't think Sean Johnson needs to go to a club where he is now the he's the one they're building around. I, I, I think, and I, I rate him as a player, I really do. But I think that all of the extra stuff that comes through that and the extra scrutiny and things, I don't think he needs that right now. He kind of needs to get his career back on track. And he'd be able to do that at the Roosters. I've always joked that the Panthers were going to sign, sign Sean Johnson and the year always went out. And I had a, a, a friend that he used to joke about that he, you know, we've signed him up for the 2025 season. There, We're just waiting for him to come off contract. I don't know that even the Panthers would be the sort of club for him to go to. Um, you know, and we say this with every player, perfect clubs for him to go to is the Storm. He'd be he'd be ridiculous at the storm, but there's no place for him at the storm, unfortunately. No. I guess the next best ones would be the roosters, as you say. Yeah. Um so now we're going to a little bit of um origin talk. Yeah. And some of the people in the mainstream media are pushing hard once again and making excuses as to why Mitchell Pierce will make it work this time around. And I heard one the other day that said um, from Nathan Brown, he said, if you let Mitchell Pearce have full control of the team, things will be different. And you know what? Matty John said that in the last series. He said when Mitchell Pearce came in, he'll be really good this time around because he won't have Robbie Farrah there over-calling him on plays. Mm. And New South Wales lost that Origin series. Well, the way I see it, 19th time's the charm. <laughs> 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 I I find it... I find it unbelievable. I, I can't take it seriously. I Mitchell Pierce must be just the greatest dude, hey? Like, I, if somebody said to me, look, you've just got to be around Mitchell Pierce to understand why people are pushing for him, he just must be a great guy. He, he must be, There must be something about him. Maybe he's a really magnetic personality. But not having that connection and not being around him, obviously... I just do not understand any of this talk whatsoever. I would not have him anywhere near the New South Wales team, and that's that's the end of it. From like, yeah, what do you think? He's been tried and tested. I think, I think even in his mind, he knows because every time he's been asked about it, he just plays it down and says, you know, I, I think the guys who played on the on in Origin one did pretty well, and mm. I think they should stick with them. He's yeah. not even making a case for himself. Nah. I think he knows that his time has been and done, and I don't even know if he's that interested in playing Origin. And for me, that says don't pick him, yeah. especially when you've got someone like Maloney, who's a few years older, saying, "You know what? Why don't you pick me instead? I'm I'm happy to come back and keep playing for you." Yeah. Um, the other thing is too with when you looked at the way that the Panthers played on the weekend against the Roosters, and the Roosters went at their best. But I think a lot of it was because the Panthers didn't let them play at their best as well. The Roosters also had a couple of players out. Um, but I think when you saw the Panthers finally getting their forwards going forward, thanks to some of the youngsters who have stepped up magnificently for the Panthers, and all of a sudden Maloney and Cleary, that halves combination just looked outstanding again. And I think that that's been the thing that people have not realised this season when they've been criticising Maloney and, and Cleary is that 
they've been behind a beaten pack and not just a beaten pack, like a pack that was playing with nothing. And as soon as you put them behind a decent pack, they're a bloody good halves combination that really complement each other outstandingly well. And I, I would just bring Maloney in to the halves alongside Cleary for New South Wales. I mean, what do you think in those terms? Well, this is the thing. There was a, there's rumour going on that there's talk of up to four changes for the blue side for game two. Mm-hmm. As soon as full time came about in game one, yeah, I knew that there'd straight away be talk of right. Who do we have to replace? Because this is what New South Wales does every time. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing I'd be changing is I'd make a decision on who to keep out of Walker and Whiten. Pick one, drop the other. Yep, yep, one hundred percent. I I don't want to be going to make changes because. If you make a heap of changes, you run the same risk, if not greater risk, of losing game two because that cohesion's not there mm-hmm. as you do, uh, uh, you know, greater risk there is as as opposed to keeping the same team from game one. I think there's a greater chance of winning by keeping as much of that game one team together as possible. Mm-hmm. So I think, I, I don't think Walker will have a game that bad again in his life. And I, I can't think, imagine it, no. I think Cleary has shown in the last month that he's getting better with every game. And I think I'd, I'd be inclined to stick with both of them. Um, bad news for White because he does deserve to be in the side, but we can't be carrying... We can't be carrying someone who's who's going to be essentially slotting in at 5-8 on the bench because it means you're dropping one of your halves out of the game, which is just... That's just bad management, that is. Yeah. Um. The only other change is going to be who they bring in a prop to replace Clemmer, who did suffer an injury. And um, the the Newcastle section of the media has said, oh, Daniel Saifidi would be perfect. Um, mm. And I'd say no. Yeah. I think... I think... Uh, Alex Twell, Matt Pryor, I'd be looking at those guys first. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> there's probably a host of others, but I don't think I don't think Saifidi deserves to be picked just yet because he's he hasn't been playing brilliantly all year. He started, mm-hmm. he's played solidly, mm-hmm. and then he had one good game on the weekend, and that's what made them go, yeah, let's pick him. The other one that was put forward was Matthew Lodge, and I don't think he should ever be allowed to play rep footy again. I don't care what. Some journalist says he's done to change his life around. I agree, one hundred percent. Yeah, he no, just not interested in having that in there. I don't think a player like that has done what he has should be rewarded with a rep honor like that. Mm. He's he's getting enough luxury in life by getting a big contract to play in the NRL to start with. Yep, I agree. Just stay with that. How uh, about so? What about Reagan Campbell Gillard? He's had. He's only had. Look, his game against the Roosters was like what you expect out of him every week. And he was running hard. It's really the first properly good game he's played this year, I think. Do you bring him into the side based on that? Look, he should be there based on what he's capable of. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't think he's done enough yet this year to get the job I think the the one player who stands out for me above all else, I know I've mentioned two already, um, they were kind of out of wishful thinking, 
But I think the one that stands out for me more than anything else, that who should be there is Dale Finnegan. Mm-hmm. Um, man, that bloke just defends all day. He's a Dallas Johnson type player. Mm. He plugs a big gap, and he he does he does have good carries on him as well. Um, the problem you get though that he's he's not the sort of bloke that's going to make you two hundred meters in a game like Clemmer is. Yeah, yeah. So whether if you if you go with Finnegan, it puts the pressure on the other forwards to pick up the slack that's mm-hmm. left behind by Clemmer not being there, and you have to take that risk as to whether they will take on that challenge or not. Whether you're comfortable, they will. Because if they do, that makes that would be brilliant. Because then you'd have three or four forwards improving immensely. Yeah. So I, the thing I would probably do at the moment, anyway, because the, the, look, there might be more injuries, and you never know what's going to happen. I think the thing I would do is I would move Haas into the starting side, which is a bloody big call, but I think I think he would manage all right. And then I would have Campbell Gillard off the bench because I I think that. I, I just think that would be a nice balance. And if Campbell Gillard shows me in the next game that he is is able to play that same hard running style, you don't like Queensland that doesn't want to be facing that <laughs> off the bench. I, I just think it'd be a nice balance there. Campbell Gillard is also a player that if one of the other forwards get injured during the match, he's able to play. Uh, extended minutes if you need him to. Um, so that's that's probably what I would do. But it is also, and look, it's something I guess that maybe New South Wales needs to do is show some faith in some of their players. And I, I that would be a faith move. That would be a look. You've shown that you're now back to where we want you to be. Now we're showing some faith that you can do that in the Origin Arena and go and prove us right. So it's there's a little bit of that in that sort of move, um, and right, I can so add. Sti- I was going to say between us, then we'll bring in Campbell Gillard to replace Clemmer. Mm-hmm. He can start a prop, and I would replace. Yeah, you know, bring in a utility. I would replace Whiten with um, Ryan Madison. Okay, because at least Madison can play in the forwards and make good meters, and he can be a bit of a ball player as well if you need someone in the back line. And I think that's more of the sort of utility player they need. Someone who who can play in the back row as well as in, in centres or at 5'8", mm-hmm. but prominently back row. That means you can use him as a genuine forward if you don't need him in the backs. Yeah, 100%. Because <clears throat> I think 100%. that was part of the problem they had, is that, is that um, Clemmer got injured and then they had to kind of use Whiten as a forward. And well, it's not a role that he's used to. Yeah. And that's kind of where they went lacking a bit because they lost that that impact through the middle. Yeah, yeah. So I think that would be something they need to look at is someone who can still make those big meters because Madison still makes over 100 meters a game um, playing at second row. So I think that's the sort of person they should be looking at for the the bench utility spot. I've got to say, I would I I want Maloney in the halves, and uh, I think that. I think that that will work better for New South Wales. And look, I don't want to drop Walker. I really, really don't. But I just think that it's a tough one. It's a really tough one. And and having seen the way that the, the Panthers halves played last weekend, if they can do that again, leading into Origin 2, 
I think it's a safe move for New South Wales, um, especially considering Maloney's one of those career winners. Like, he's one of those guys that everywhere he's been, he's won. And so he knows what needs to happen. And he's an older player. He's an experienced player. There's so many different aspects that earlier in the year, I wasn't on board with something like that. I think Maloney wasn't playing great. I think he was giving away way too many penalties once again. But I think if they can just show me that they're playing like that behind a, a winning pack, then it's something I would be happy to go with. And, you know, I think I'd have to drop Walker. You can't you can't play like that in an Origin game and not expect to be dropped. And Walker's talked about it himself. He was like, man, I played terribly. Um, and I don't want to drop him. I really, really don't, but I kind of have to. Yeah, it's a tough one. I, I think that's going to be the toughest decision they're going to make. I think the rest sort of are a lot easier to sort out, you know, replacing Clemmer and, and what to do with the bench. Um, yeah. So that that's going to be a, a big talking point, I think, coming up. I don't think there's any need to force through changes anywhere else other than through injury. Yeah. That'd yeah. be it. Yeah, um, pretty much. Go, I'd go with everyone else again. Yeah. That, yeah. Now, to, to close. Yeah. Uh, yesterday was Queen's birthday, and Cameron Smith and Jonathan Thurston both received Order of Australia medals. Fantastic. It's good that they finally got some recognition and that they got some sort of reward out of playing for over a decade at the highest level. It's fantastic to see, and good luck to them. Yeah, um, I'm wondering if Robbie Farah's getting one. He should. He should. Who else would be good to get an award like that? Um, but, in rugby league services, so for, to rugby league. services to rugby league. Paul Mitchell Gallen. Pierce. Oh, Paul Gallen. He'd be Mitchell one. Pierce. Yep. Um, I think Paul Gallen should get one for services to Paul Gallen. Actually, well, also to all sport. I mean, he does boxing as well. Mm. I'm sure he's played tennis. <laughs> can and we get one for say, Carl, Can we get one for Carl Webb for his services to boxing? Probably not. <laughs> Justin Hodges, that's another one, services to boxing. Yeah, but <laughs> punching old fat truck drivers. <laughs> um, yeah, God, who else would there be? Look, one one player who deserves to get one, and I'm saying this with absolutely no humour whatsoever, is Nigel Plum. Because what that bloke went through just to play a game of rugby league deserves some sort of recognition from the Queen. You know how much tape he used to put on his body just to go out there and play all the time? Well, when he retired, like 3M, their stocks plummeted because there was just so much less tape used in the entire world. (laughs) It was. And, like, um, I'm fairly certain he played his entire career with Crohn's disease. Oh, really? Yeah. Which is, I mean, that saps all your energy. Yeah. All of it. You've got to take certain medication to, you know, probably stay alive. I don't know the details of it, but it's, it's, it's a pretty bad thing. Mm-hmm. Knowing that he played with that and played as hard as he did, like on those player polls we talked about the other day, um, for years he was always regarded as the hardest hitter. Yeah, and yeah. It didn't take a player to tell you that. You could tell by the way the players avoided running at him that he hit hard. Mm-hmm. He just had the sweetest technique and yeah, the size, the size to pull it off. Um and he didn't have to go out with 
big shoulder charges, stuff like that. He just hit people in the right spot every time and just laid them out and hurt them. Mm-hmm. Um, phenomenal bloke. You can't half tell he's part of my family. <laughs> anyway, talking about big time. Um, yeah, so who do you think, to close the episode, who do you think should be up for an Order of Australia medal next year? Next year, I think um, that's a really good one. Well, you know, okay, I'm going to toss up a name, right? Yeah. That I think will be it. It's probably that sort of period of time when they will get some sort of recognition like that. And I, I think Phil Gould. Phil Gould. Think about that. That's if, he hasn't, that's if he hasn't already got it. Yeah, has he got one? We'll have to look out. Let's go to the always reliable resources yeah. on the internet. We'll look it up on he, Google. He does. He does already have one. Oh, there you go. So, as, he, does, okay, as does, I think, um, Mark Geyer. Oh, yeah. MG. Well, who's someone else that we could give it to? Um, Cooper Cronk. Yeah. Oh, you just nailed it. You nailed it. Cooper Cronk. Definitely. Um, I would also say, mm-hmm. if we're giving it to people like Phil Gould, then I'd also like to see Andrew Voss get one. Oh, really? Absolutely. The bloke's an absolute... Look, if, if people like if people like just football players can get it, I think Ray Warren's got one. Does he? Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Really? See, I, you know who I would give it to? Clint Gutherson. You wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious. Yeah, Ray Warren has an OAM, which is a higher a higher honor. What's that? What's that stand for? Order. Order of Australia Medal. Yeah, there we go. Um, have we got any rugby league knights? We've got uh, what's his name, the coach from over in New Zealand, coached Queensland. What's his name? Ah. Uh... Damn it, I need another coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I think the only knighted players we have might be English. Yeah, and, you know. Remember when they when the English cricket team won the Ashes and they started like it was confetti? It was like they all got the honours. And it's like <laughs> we've won the Ashes for the last, like, you know, 10 years or something, and all of a sudden they win it back and it's like everyone's a knight. What I can see happening is... What happened with um, Andy Murray? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he finally won a, a men's open, <laughs> a men's open singles title, and they went, yeah. "Let's knight him." So he, he spent the last part of his career as Sir Andy Murray. Andy, yeah, that, 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 he was Scottish I, until he won that, and then yeah, he was he British. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I think if England, if England went out of their way. And finally got themselves a Test Series win over Australia. Mm-hmm. All 17 players of that side would get knighted. On okay, the same let, basis that Andy Murray got it as well. Let's think about it. I reckon... Okay, here's the thing. Say you think about them... Say they won the next World Cup, Rugby League World Cup, okay? Sir Thomas Mackinson. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's already the best player in the world. Why not? Um, yes, you're would, saying... Could Sam Burgess get knighted? Absolutely. Okay, so him. What about... Um, they could be the first 
the first set of three brothers to get knighted. Yeah, just knight all of them. What a boon that would be for rugby league. Yeah, yeah. You could have James Graham, Sir James Graham. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Just would would um if Chris McQueen played, would he be getting one? The most heavily tattooed knight ever, Chris Hyington. Oh, he's 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 retired. He doesn't he doesn't qualify anymore. Sir Rangy Chase. <laughs> <laughs> who was the who was the player that they were talking about? Um, might play for England. That it was like there was some player that earlier this year they were saying, "Oh, would you play for England?" And they were like, "Oh, I guess." Can't remember who it was. I need another what, coffee. What, That's playing what in the NRL. Yeah, yeah, it was an Australian player. Oh, okay. Yeah. I can't remember who it was. I'm just looking at the the last English Test team. Mm. So these guys could all become knights. Okay. Uh, Johnny Lomax. Oh, but without question. Thomas Mackinson, Jake Connor, uh, Oliver Gildart, Jermaine McGilvery. <laughs> Why are you laughing? I just am. I'm sorry. <laughs> Would he be the first knight to come from Huddersfield? Um, I bet he's not. Let's have a look at Huddersfield. They've probably got a few. Knights, yeah. I mean, it's been that place for they a, had a pro. They had a prime minister there, so I dare say they've probably... Don't, don't they knight all their prime ministers up to a certain point? <clears throat> probably. Seems like we just about do. It's ridiculous. Yeah. George Williams, Richie Myler, Thomas Burgess, Josh Hodgson. I want James, Richie Myler to be a knight, hey. John Bateman, yeah. Elliot Whitehead, Luke Thompson, Adam Milner, Chris Hill, Joe Greenwood, Stefan Ratchford. And the coach would be Sir Wayne Bennett. Sir Wayne Bennett. Ah. You know, you know what, Wayne Bennett, has, he's got to have some sort of Australian honours. Surely. I, I don't even know the website you put in. That's like, what is it called? The uh, no, Australian Honours Wayne Bennett. Wayne Bennett. Also given the... Nothing's uh, coming up on Google, eh? Oh, yeah. Bennett named in 2004. With, he's had um, no, I think he's had no way for a while. Yeah, he, he got he got one with uh, Mark Scaife, former supercar driver. Mo Farah is knighted. Oh really? yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. like almost immediately he got one. So this is the thing: is that. Um, yeah, Jessica Ennis-Hill. She's a dame. Who's that? I don't even know who that is. Uh, track and field athlete, isn't she? I've got no idea. Never even heard of her. Yeah, yeah, she's a, a hurdler and sprinter. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden we've descended into handing out knighthoods. <laughs> because this is what England now does. When they've, when they've sucked at sport for so long, as soon as someone comes along and wins, they go, make him the, give him the highest honour we've got in the country. Make him a sir. Make him a knight. Look, I, I guess they've, I guess it's better than when they were handing out the same sort of honours to people like Jimmy Savile, eh? Jesus. Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. Um, <laughs> this is, you know what this is for people that are listening, right? This is the sort of conversations we have at night where we will start talking about one thing and then all of a sudden we're Googling like, oh, what's this thing? And then we end up on Rugby League Project trying to find out the best father-son duos in Rugby League and all sorts of weird things like that. We should really record that one night when we go on some deep dive into the Rugby League Project website. It's kind we... of it's kind of what the live conversations were all about. Yeah, yeah. We, we should probably do one of those in the next week or so as a as a practice run. Definitely. Before we do origin. the one for Origin. Yeah, yeah. Maybe do one during a game. What's a game that's on this weekend that's, that no one's going to bother watching? It's a good idea. Let's have a look at... Check the, the draw. Our website. Just put in nr.com. I don't even... Look recipes. I, I just go to my website. I doubt. All right, we've got Canberra Cronulla. Um, I've got to watch that one. Yeah, that's a Titan, good one. Titans Warriors. Yeah, that that'd be an interesting one. That would start the six p.m. Friday game. Is that the Friday game? Why yeah. have they got the? Why has the draw on the NRL website? It's got right. Oh no, that's Thursday. Yeah, sorry. Ignore me. I need another coffee. <laughs> Titans Warriors. We could do that. Would be a a game. I mean, who the fuck's going to watch that? That could actually be a interesting game because any Warriors game can turn into an interesting game. Uh, Cow- Cowboys West Tigers. Oh, I, I don't want to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Storm Knights. That'll be. A, I think the Storm are going to smash the Knights. Hey. Yeah, I'll see it. That'll be an interesting one. Yeah. Parramatta versus the Broncos. In Darwin. Ah, um, South Penrith. Will you yeah, be watching got, that one? i got to watch that one, yeah. Um, Manly Dragons on Sunday. That would be an interesting game, hey? Mm, it's a pretty the, good round of footy. The Roosters Dogs. That's going to be a fucking bludger. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think, I think the Titans-Warriors game is possibly potentially the... The, the least entertaining of the of the eight matches this week. Yeah, can we lock in a can we lock in a six pm Friday start from you? I I think so. We yeah, might excellent. even do a little bit earlier and just see if we can might go five thirty till half time or something like that. Or yeah, something like that. Whatever we feel like. The way these things work is we we set down a a rough estimation as a uh, start time. Yeah. So um, for example, today's episode. Um. Freaky said, "Let's let's let's start recording. Say eleven o'clock, and mm. so we started at nine thirty. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's the thing. And like our schedule, it's really weird because we kind of work on the same sort of thing. Of like, oh, do you want to record in a half hour? Yeah, let's do it. Like, oh, do you, how about we we get up at friggin' nine thirty and we'll we'll start recording at ten and then we start recording at actually eleven thirty and we're both really cool with it." <laughs> it's, it's um there's there's such poor planning with this show i don't know if it comes through in the uh in the recordings of what you listen to <laughs> it's, yeah it's, uh, yeah well. all right well we've had a pretty good old yak um any shout outs mate yeah i'm gonna give some shout outs well or, or as always nadine um Richard Cranium, he's another very dedicated 
um, listener to the podcast. Uh, I'm just bringing up my um, Twitter replies. Let's see who we've got. Uh, obviously, Matt. Hello, Matt. Um, well, I was, we well, while you're looking for them, I've got three reviews on iTunes to read out. Yep. Okay, so we've got Vic RL, who said, came for the freak, stayed for the Fergo. That's very nice. Um, then we had Bartram13, who said, um, if you love Rugby League, you'll love this podcast. It's very nice as well. That's far too generous. Yeah. Uh, Jeffrey102, who does follow us all on Twitter. He's an absolute legend. Um, he said, this podcast says the things us regular fans want to hear about through the voice of two real fans with no agenda. It's refreshing. And, oh, that's uh, very nice, Sticky. I've, I've never been referred to as refreshing before. <laughs> I don't think I can even say anything. Uh, yeah. I've never been referred to as any word starting with R before. <laughs> I have. <laughs> so, I can't even. I don't think you say that word anymore. Um, <laughs> uh, who else we got? Uh, Steel Sports. Hello to them, Albie. Uh, Lara. Uh, who else we got? Uh, Michael. He's he's a, a pretty good follower of ours. Uh, Nathan. Hello, Nathan. Uh, just going through the Magic Man. Love the Magic Man. Jeffrey Barnes, hello to him. Uh, Ash Lucas, uh, who else have we got in here? I'm just going through my list. Hello to Anna. Um, hello to Alice. This is riveting. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we've got some really good followers, so um, it's good to say hello to all of them. Hello, Bon. Hope you, you – he does – I am – I'm – I am a table is his his thing, and he does some uh, streaming on I think Twitch. I think that's what it is. He does some video game streaming. Yeah, he's he's a Twitch affiliate, so maybe tune into him. Uh, you got any other share? Oh, you know the, another shout out the Greenhouse podcast. The Greenhouse is a website that I've actually been a member of for many many probably nearly ten years. Canberra Raiders, uh, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. They do some great Canberra Raiders stuff. They've got a really, really one of the best forums out there, especially for Raiders fans. So uh, go and visit them. They're part of the – they're the second podcast that's on the Rugby League Podcasting Network, which is a website we're trying to build up a little bit. So it was great to see them jump on board with that. So I wanted to give them a shout-out. So listen to the Greenhouse Podcast. Beautiful. And we also had um, – there's a few other podcasts as well. Um, obviously, I've been on uh, every, every week. I'm on full credit to the boys doing stats, mostly on Mitch mm-hmm. Moses. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's always at the back end of the episode. So you've got to listen to the whole thing before you get to me. And trust me, it's worth it because the bit of, the bit I do at the end is pretty rubbish. But all the stuff that they those guys do before it is, is the gold. Because, um, <laughs> I mean, who wants to hear Mitch Moses stats all day long? <laughs> Mitch Moses? <laughs> not not the ones I do. <laughs> um, yeah, there's. Uh... Didn't you get a shout out from the uh, Rugby League Moles new podcast? Yeah, they they asked me about a, a question on there. And they said, you know, how many Xavier's have been in the NRL? Yeah, and the answer was none. Oh, really? Yeah, we've only got three Xavier's on the website, and none of them have played in Australia. 
All right. Um, so, yeah, that was... I, of, I often get random questions like that, which I generally try to answer. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, there was another one that I thought of and I can't remember. That's right, because I was so overwar- uh, overwhelmed with joy. Mm-hmm. I forgot about it. I got a a, a happy birthday message today mm-hmm. from from the starting block. Oh, nice, mate. That's perk, that's it. Who needs perk, Queen's honors? Perk me right up. Yeah, yeah. I love the starting block. The starting block—they're our bros. We've got some more things planned for the starting block as well. We just I've, uh. We need to get that live streaming sorted out first. <laughs> I've, I've used a lot of words words on here that have been quite nice um, about a lot of things. But, yeah, I'd say the starting block, gorgeous, beautiful, wonderful, delightful humans. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree completely. And, boy, they've got some work to do if they're going to change that opinion. Yeah. I, do, I don't think they can. They can't. It's impossible. Yeah, exactly. Because even if they try and do something nasty, Mm. I just know that it's just an act to try and make me change my view. Exactly. And to me, that says they're so committed to trying to, you know, trying to prove prove a point to me. Mm -hmm. I don't know. The the fact that they they have that much care about me and my opinion just says to me that I I couldn't see that they um that they are actually that bad. I I I just think like. We've got to do like a cross podcast recording with them. We'll work that out down the track. Um, yeah. we'll when we, get them when we figure out how to do a proper live broadcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> when we work out how to do this stuff, right. we'll, so uh... we, we should do a genuine apology because we did have a, a, a live podcast all planned up. We spoke about it for, for a few weeks. So we're going to do it before Origin 1. And when we went and did it, there was zero audio for the full 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had no idea. That's all on us. We had no no clue that that was the issue. And mm. so, to all the three or four people who tuned in to listen to us, we are sorry. Yeah. That was a complete accident. That was not that was that, not us piss farting around. We yeah, it wasn't um, a piss take or anything. We just really we fucked up. Yeah, we we'd actually um actually had a pretty good show, mm. and we. I actually thought I'd recorded it as well. So I thought, oh, we'll make it up to them. We'll just release release the recording as a podcast. And you can go, well, this is what you missed out on. And um, Dickhead here didn't even properly record it. So it was just lost for eternity. No one no one got that. So Into the ether. Yep. I got some breaking news. It's not uh, NRL related, right? Uh-huh. But in the, NR, uh, in the NBA finals, um, Kevin Durant come back. And he got injured against the Houston Rockets, and it looked like he had an Achilles injury. And his club said, no, it's a calf tear, it's a calf tear, it's a calf tear. Well, NRL physio, he's gone off injured in the second quarter, I think it was. And again, it's the same sort of look in the injury. NRL physio has said this. He said, uh, crossing codes, but a few questions. Concern by video for Achilles injury for Kevin Durant, pushing off typical for calf slash Achilles injury, but the ripple seen in the video is often due to an Achilles tear. If if complete rupture, usually recovery is six to nine months. And that when you see the 
the photo, if you go to NRL Physio and he's got video of it, and I, it's so, it's incredible to see you actually see the moment that this injury occurs and the ripple through his, his calf that happens. Um, unbelievable that that's just happened as we've been talking. So um, NRL Physio, like, follow him. He gives he gives some real great insights into injuries. It's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's an absolute buddy. He's a game changer on Twitter is what he is because no one's mm. done what he's doing on there. Um, yeah. He's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so uh, I suppose that wraps up this episode. Yeah, yeah. We'll put out a few of them this week, eh? Hey? We'll do a... We'll smash you out a week of, of episodes. It'll be great. Yeah, we, we we came on here thinking we'd do another short episode, and here we yeah. are 90, 90 minutes later once again. <laughs> oh, we've got a special guest coming on. It's either Thursday or Friday. We've got to lock in the time and date for that, um, but we're really looking forward to it, so can't wait for that. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, if you're on Twitter this Friday um, in the afternoon, um Keep you, you know, go follow Fergo Freak Pod on Twitter, and you might see us on there doing a, a live broadcast. Well, you won't mm. see us, but you know, we'll be on there doing a live broadcast. Yeah, yeah. We're not going to make you sick on your journey home by seeing our faces and stuff like that. Although <laughs> I'm talking for myself, I know, you know, League Freak is is a has a gorgeous face. Look, I got, I got to shave my head at the moment. My my hair's starting to grow a bit too long, so I got to shave my head. So at the moment, I'm a nine point eight. <laughs> that's a big step down <laughs> yes you know, I'm normally a 97 out of 10 <laughs> I'm about a minus that <laughs> out of 10 <laughs> alrighty on that great note we'll catch you all later <laughs>